the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. So good to be with you today. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5. Always good to be with you. Hey, uh, we are living in some crazy times, and on today's show, we want to give you some hope in some different ways. We're excited about that. With me is a, a guest, Kevin Sorbo. You are familiar with him. He's an actor and director. His most recent film last January is Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. You can scream, stream that now on SalemNow.com. He's got another film coming out here pretty soon he'll talk about. He's also an author, a husband and father, Kevin Sorbo. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for being with us. You are in uh, Florida, uh, sunny Florida. How is it down there today? I, I love it. We've been coming out for years. My wife and I both have family out this way. And uh, about 10 years ago, we started saying, why are we in California? Why are we putting up with all the craziness of this state? So uh, we really started, uh, it, five years ago, we just said enough is enough and we just left. But I mean, i you know, since my Hercules and Andromeda years, I've shot over 80 movies, and I've shot probably 70 of those in Texas or further east. Nothing shoots in California, so right. um, I, I miss where I lived. I used to live in the Thousand, uh, Thousand Oaks area, Westlake Village, loved it up there, but yeah. it just got to a point that I, you know, to go have a meeting in Studio City, it'd be, you know, what an hour and a half drive to go 25 miles and another hour and a half coming back. So I said, <laughs> I'm just sick of being in a car for three hours for a 20-minute meeting. This is just stupid. Yeah, you know, where I'm sitting is... Uh... Just a few miles from uh, Dodger Stadium, a few miles from uh, like Hollywood Boulevard, and uh, it takes it's about eight miles, and it takes forty five minutes to get there. Oh sure, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Say, you're in a, you're in a very congested area there. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, uh, we're glad that you're with us here today, and obviously you've noticed that we're living in a crazy time. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's nuts the time that we live in today. Yeah, it's just, and it seems to be getting worse and worse. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised anymore that it can get worse because it's been happening for so much. But, you know, it it, it really comes down to what's going on in, uh, you know, our politicians, what's going on in our movies and television. I remember uh, reading something about Walt Disney back in the 1950s. He said, movies and TV will influence our youth. Well, mm. hello. I think we look at the product that Hollywood is putting out there. It's pretty much showing the case. And they don't seem to care. I mean, I'm looking at Disney. About They've lost $900 million on the movies this year, and it's going to get worse now with their latest with um, Harrison Ford. Uh, that movie needs to make, they said, I heard $700 million to break even. They're not going to wow. get to that. That movie is bombing. Yeah, it's surprising. I point that, I guess it's not surprising in a way. They lost 60% of their uh, market value, I think. And, you know, uh, you brought up Walt. You know, Walt's vision for the films and the theme park was create entertainment that was fun for both children and their parents. And yeah. and you're a parent. I'm a parent. It's not fun for my par- for me as a parent if I think I'm going to have to explain some weird sexual thing to my kids after going to Disneyland or something. That's not fun. I don't want to have that conversation when I go there. I just want to I want to be grumpy about how much the popcorn costs. That's about it. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm with you. We yeah. don't even go there anymore. I mean, if we go anywhere here in Orlando, we'll go up that way. It's about a three-hour drive for us. We'll go to Universal. We find the, the, the rides more interesting and just have, the kids just seem to have a lot more fun there. And it's, it's just sad. It's weird to me that, in a, you know, they can, they can wave the flag all they want about socialism. They're still a capitalist business. They want to make money. So I can't imagine they've kept their, their stockholders very happy over the last couple of years. And why they keep putting out the program and they put out is just sort of weird to me. It's like, why don't you, you know, look, you look at the success of, uh, you know what? What's going on? With Sound of Freedom for right. now. Freedom is doing better than Mission Impossible. Um, I saw Mission Impossible. I'm a big fan of those. That that whole you know all the movies Tom Cruise has done in that 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 role. But even this one is not doing as well as the other ones because this script, the, the movie had so many holes. <laughs> it just got to the point it was ridiculous. But I still I still enjoy I still enjoy watching it. But there. Why, why not do what they know is going to appeal to a broader base? doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That doesn't make sense. But what we're seeing, and I think you know, the sound of fi- uh, freedom, uh, success, the success of uh, Jesus Revolution earlier this year, your yeah. film, some other things. Do you feel like on the other side of this that there's a, there is a ray of hope because in just in the sense of these films doing well, you know, how do you see that? I, I see that as, as something positive, that people are looking for something better. Yeah, you know, I did a little movie called God's Not Dead. We shot yeah. that thing on a $2 million budget, made $140 million. That's right. And I, I, I started noticing that, you know, with the Irwin brothers doing their movies like I Can Only Imagine and, uh, you know, what the Kendrick brothers are doing, there's a huge market out there. Cindy Bond's company is based out there in L.A. She does amazing movies. I'm just sort of shocked at the... Um, Hollywood's not doing more of it. I was actually, I went to a screening. I invited Paramount when they, their version of Noah came out. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there watching this movie with my wife. And halfway through the movie, she turns to me and she goes, this isn't Noah. This is Transformers meets Waterworld. Right. You know? so, yeah. And you... I said, you watch what happens, though. Um, and after they did a Q&A afterwards. And the, the producer, I'm thinking the only producer that was maybe agnostic, uh, might, have been a, might have been a Christian, but he came out and he said, uh, now you got to remember, this movie was the director's vision of it, and I want to I want to raise my hand. I said yes, but you hired an atheist director to do the story of Noah. So I, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why you would do that, because if you look at the old Hollywood movies back in the day with uh, the Ten Commandments and Ben Hur and things like that, they had biblical values in those yeah. things, and they, Hollywood just. For whatever their ideology is, they just don't want to do anything. And I'm going to jump a few years later. I did a movie called Let There Be Light that I directed. Did very well in theaters. We actually opened number two per screen average against Thor Ragnarok. So here's a $3 million independent movie opening number two against a $300 million one. I get a call from Netflix the following Monday after opening weekend. They had me come into their office. They said, look, you got a stronghold with this Christian crowd and family crowd. We want to open an inspirational division. So I was like, wow, let's do it. Well, after about two months dealing with them, nothing happened. Mm. And I just thought, wow, is this what they, were they just feeding me, you know, FaceTime and decided not to do anything. But I think their ideology and their hatred towards anybody who's not in the same camp they are, they just decide they don't want to deal with it, which is really weird to me. you got 80 million homes that well, want the movie that I do. Yeah, and it's a weird business decision, I think. And it says it says something about ideology. You know, that is what's behind a lot of the struggles that we have. Uh, tell us about uh, your family, if people don't know. Uh, how many kids do you have? i got three kids. i got two boys, uh, 21 and 19, and my daughter is 17. All right. And- 
Uh, we're homeschoolers. My home wife's a homeschool advocate. And I think one of the blessings of COVID is 2 million more families realized using public schools as a babysitting service for the kids wasn't a very good idea. So um, I think that's a good thing. She travels the country talking on that. But uh, uh, they're great kids. And unfortunately, being homeschooled, they were on, grew up on movie sets. So I knew eventually they'd want to be actors. My son, 21-year-old, is actually filming a movie right now in, in uh, West Virginia. All right. Well, you know, I think, uh, and you said the blessing of COVID. It's funny because I think that people did. We all got to go to school, you know, with our kids. And we all said, what is this? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, your, your kids, obviously, they're old enough. How do you explain the uh, the ideology and how to navigate that in a world there where it doesn't make sense? Even from a financial movie making standpoint, it doesn't make sense to keep making movies where the ideology is what what kills it. No. And they and they keep making it. That's the, yeah. that's the amazing thing. I mean, I don't know. It's There's got to be. A, I, I, I have hope. I have faith that there will be a switch in Hollywood to some degree. You know, make movies you want to make, but mix it up a little bit. Make movies. They know what movies are successful. Yeah. Um, you look at Top Gun, what that did for crying out Yeah, it was huge. And I, mean, I thought was, that would be a disaster. It made no yeah. sense to me that they would make that. But Well, and it was a good rah-rah movie for the yeah. world. The world loved it. So, uh, you know, my kids, they, they grew up in a household where their parents... Uh, if we brainwash them, I think we brainwash them in the correct way. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. They're very level-headed. They're smart. They're very opinionated. Uh, we can have great debates. We can disagree with each other. But I'm telling you, they're 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 smart and good kids. And I think there's a lot more kids in their age group right now that are looking at the world right now, going, "Wait a minute, this is not right. What's going on?" So, yeah. um, I, I think. Uh, the fear factor of COVID, I think, is going to backfire on these these government officials that use fear as a weapon to control our lives. And they'll try it again. Trust me. They'll go out back and do it again. Facebook took me down over two years ago for posting misinformation, which obviously all my conspiracy theories have now come true. So I wish they'd let me back on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they will eventually. Uh, this is the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Kevin Sorbo. Kevin, a uh, friend of mine yesterday said to me, he said, you know, if Back to the Future were made today— and Marty mm. McFly went back 30 years. That year would be 1993. And I had to pause for a minute and go, that's very disturbing in a whole lot of personal levels. Um, but then I thought, then we started having a conversation is what would Marty McFly experience in 1993? Like in that movie where he went back to 1955 from 1985. What sure. kind of music would he listen to? He wouldn't be singing uh, Johnny Be Good. He'd be singing what? A Nirvana song? What in the world? And I thought, you know, an interesting thing is that was right before the uh, Left Behind books came out. And uh, you did this movie earlier this year on Left Behind. And something that's interesting about those books is 30 years later, people are still buying them in very large numbers. Well, they got a great message. But I think I think fear is driving people to a lot of these things. One thing, one thing when they shut down churches during COVID, because churches weren't weren't necessary, but liquor stores and, 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 and uh, you know, strip clubs were. But I understand that. It makes perfect sense. Um, but I love how Newsom said, don't sing in church. You're spreading COVID. Literally, <laughs> so, that was said. I think people... Oh, he, he did say yeah. that, you know. And, and, and he had Rachel, I mean, all these people on MSNBC and CNN, you need to take a shot. You'll never get COVID again. Oh, you got COVID. Okay, take a second shot. Oh, you're still getting COVID. Okay, take a third shot. Take a fourth it's shot. It's a wild, a wild time. There was a pastor here who, uh, when they opened the strip clubs, but they wouldn't let him open his church, he started taking off his clothes during his sermon. And that was my saying, pastor, Pastor Rob McCoy. Do you know Rob McCoy? That wasn't Rob McCoy I was thinking of, but uh, I do oh, know who Rob McCoy is, yeah. That was my church Yeah, when I was in Thousand Oaks. I'm sure and many pastors came well. up he with that idea. Well. 
I love I love that idea. Yeah, but it but, it, uh, it made pardon? a good point. It made a really it made, good it, point. it made a good point. Yeah. But I think I think uh, it, it's, what what they what they did. I think was wake up a lot of the sleeping giants and people need to wake up. My, my thing is that sheep are going to be sheep. I'm here to wake up the lions. Mm. I'm here to wake up people. I mean, Jesus certainly walked the road less traveled. I want to turn the road less traveled into a super highway. I want people to wake up and not be afraid anymore. I get people on sets the last four or five years. Um, I got, I got to back up a little bit. 12 years ago, my agent manager called me in and said, we can't work with you anymore because you're conservative. Mm. And you're a Christian, which is apparently being a double leper in Hollywood. And I laughed. I said, well, you're the industry that screams for tolerance. And yet it's a one-way street with them, you know? Yeah, right. And uh, I formed Sorbo Studios. So go to SorboStudios.com for all kinds of information on things we have coming down the pipeline. One is a new movie, but we'll talk about that in a second. But um, I formed that, that to do movies that I wanted to do anyway. And I just thought, what, this is amazing to me. That they that that you know they claim to be so open and so tolerant, but they're not. They're not. They're anything but that. And uh, my pastor Rob, he went back after the 15 day, and they started uh, you know finding him and all that. But what happened is that all the pastors out there had to do um, video, and there was a lot of people. As you know, it's hard to say, hey, you want to come to my church? I don't know. There's church people there, but there are a lot of people that got very scared during those years of COVID that they started going online and they started looking at places to find something, to find some place that would give them hope and faith. And the best place to go was search the net for all these different churches. And yeah. I think that really helped a lot for people. And I think that's why these, these books keep selling the way they keep selling because people want to know, okay, if there's really an end, if you read the book of revelation, I remember I saw a sign outside a church, you know, you pastors all they put little funny quips outside and it said, read the Bible. It'll scare the hell out of you. And I thought that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I grew up I in, love- uh, I grew up in Palmdale. You know where that is? The, uh, I certainly the high desert. So. I always like to say it's a good place to be from. And yes. my dad, was but you're well protected. A lot of military out there. Yeah, well, it's a great place, really. And uh, my dad was a pastor out there for 25 years. We had a sign outside, and it would get you know 110, 112 degrees in the summer. And the sign outside the church said, "If you think it's hot here, dot dot dot." That drew so much attention uh, out there. You know, I think when we look at the crazy world, I think people know that, and they are looking for something that's true because in a yeah. time of everybody has their own truth. I think people also understand that doesn't make any sense. It might make you feel good for a while, yeah. but it doesn't two work. Two, two plus two equals four. Quit trying to change that. I mean, it's just crazy what's going on out there. Yeah. You know, but that's my truth. I just laugh at stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we the world right now is very angry, very hateful. Hmm. Uh, I'm still on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, K Sarbs. I do very funny, sarcastic things. One of them I posted, I said, you want to get rid of COVID? Tell the Clintons COVID's got something on them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, so jokes like that. Um, well, you know, it's just, but but people just, it's it's so angry out there and so yeah. filled with divisiveness. And I got to tell you, a lot of it started with Obama's presidency. I didn't really worry about this whole racism thing at all. I kind of forgot about it all. Then all of a sudden he came along and brought it to the forefront. Now it's brought up every single day. Well, there's an ideology that's been building for a long time. Uh, and ultimately, yeah. it's cultural Marxism and stuff. We talk about that in some detail sure. on the show. But we we have something to compete against that, and that is the message of the gospel of Christ. Mm. And, uh, you know, that is the winning message, by the way. You said, you know, you read the book of Revelation. Well, that's something you get out of it, is you may not understand everything in that book if you read it, but you're going to understand the point, and, and God wins in that book. Yeah, we, Look, know, how, we know how it all ends, but... Um, I think more people need to turn to it. We took the Bible, we took the Bible out of schools in 1964 and look mm-hmm. at what's happened over the last 60 years. I mean, it's 
really it's really sad what we've done to the world and what we've done to the public education. The book in education prior to public schools, which are horrible, was the Bible. People were pretty much homeschooled back in the day. Yeah. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Kevin Sorbo, and uh, you have a new movie that is coming out. Tell us about that. It's called Miracle in East Texas. It's a true story set in 1930. And it's about the largest oil fund in the history of the world. It's about two, I directed this movie as well. It's about two, uh, two con men played by myself and John Ratzenberger from Cheers fame and many other movies. Um, they went through Oklahoma and Texas wooing widows out of their money in fake oil wells. They would sell 500% of the shares, declare a dry hole, move on to the next town. Well, they get to Kilgore, Texas. It's not like I'm giving away anything here. It's in the title, Miracle in East Texas. They strike oil. Of course, they get arrested and because they don't, can't pay 500% of the shares. And uh, it's 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 been a ten film festivals. It's won best comedy, best faith based movie, best family movie. It's rated PG. It comes out October 29th, But tickets go on sale right now. They can go to sorbostudios.com, sorbostudios.com. We're a Fathom event, so just like anything else in Fathom, we need we don't fill up those seats. Um, we'll only get the, the one weekend out there. So we need people to support this movie. I'm calling it The Power of Ten. Go to SorboStudios.com, sign up, send the 10 people you know. Let's fill up the seats. Wonderful movie. Lou Gossett Jr. is in it. Tyler Maine. My wife did a fantastic job in it. Um, it's just a great movie written by Dan Gordon, who's an Oscar-nominated writer. Great writer. That's great. Something uh, more to look forward to, Miracle in East Texas. comes out in October, but you can get tickets now. So it helps. it helps the movie if you start buying tickets now, right? Like yep. the way that just works, like they did, just like just like Sound of Freedom, what they did for that. That's right, and it'll get in more theaters, and and then more people can see it. So correct, uh, that's a big deal. You know, uh, Kevin, uh, do you have any other projects coming up, or is that the big one coming up, Miracle in East Texas? That one, I got the Reagan movie. I don't know when the Reagan movie's coming out. Uh, Dennis Quaid plays the president. Yeah, I when is it. that coming out? You don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, we finished shooting it two years ago, so I don't know what they're doing with it. It's, it's, it's You know, I, it, they covered his life from 18 till death, so there's a, obviously a lot of coverage. They're probably having a hard time editing it down, but I've got two documentaries coming out. I was in Israel for three weeks last year. And uh, I was the real Indiana Jones, so archaeological digs and people that know what they're talking about. We we trace the flow of the Ark of the Covenant. That's called The Quest for the Throne. That'll be out this fall. And also another movie documentary I did deals with The Last Supper, and I love this title. It's called Eating with the Enemy. And it's a follow-up to the one I did two years ago um, with Brent Miller and Ingenuity Films called Before the Wrath, dealing with the second coming. That was a number one documentary on Amazon for five months, two years ago. And these guys do great work. And I can't wait to see the final product on Eating with the Enemy. Well, that sounds uh, very good. Uh, Kevin, it's great to have you with us on the Pastor Scott Show today. And uh, I hope that Miracle in East Texas does well to uh, get tickets for that. Go to SorboStudios.com, SorboStudios.com. You'll find it on the front page there. It is Miracle in East Texas, and you can make plans uh, this far ahead. Even it comes out October 29th, but make plans. And, you know, I think, Kevin, it, it says something to the culture from a ministry standpoint, too, that these fi- films do well. And when there's a good message to it, it's something you bring your non-Christian friends to. You bring people to them, and then you can discuss it afterward. Well, like I said earlier, it's always hard to get somebody who's really not a believer to come to your church, but it's easy to say, hey, you want to go see a movie. Yeah. And this is a wonderful PG movie. It's not in your face about faith. It is It is a faith light movie. Yeah. But there's hope in their redemption. There's laughter. There's a romantic story in there. It's a true story. And really, we're selling tickets now because we need. if we fill up these theaters in the next, next month, they'll add more and more theaters to it, guys. And this, this is when you do independent movies like we do. 
It's hard to get out there. We don't have a hundred million dollar advertising like Avatar and Avengers have to promote their movies. We need the help from people to make these movies successful. And people stop me all the time in airports and say, keep making the movies you're making. Well, keep supporting them and I will keep making them. All right, Kevin. Thank you for that. Random question. Did you see Avatar 2? I have not seen it. Yeah, see, I don't have a big interest. It's a it. personal theory I have that nobody's seen that movie. I, everybody asks. Nobody's seen it. The kids haven't seen it. There's no Halloween costumes. How does it make $700 million and nobody's seen it? Anyway, just a personal. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> I, know. But it's I just a silly thing. Make, but. I think it needed to make $2 billion to break even. Something like that, I think. All right. Kevin Sorbo is my guest. Kevin, thanks for being on the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. Appreciate it, sir. All right. God bless you. All right. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You know, I'm excited about the, I'm excited that these movies are doing well, these Christian movies, or even movies like he, he called it Faith Light. You know, what's interesting to me about some of the criticism of Sound of Freedom is I was reading that this is some Christian film. And you know, the thing is, it's interesting is it's not. Did you know that? If you haven't seen it, it's not a Christian movie. There's one line in it about God, and there's one Bible verse quoted that is Jesus talking. It's the it's the quote of Jesus's where Jesus is saying it's better to uh, have a millstone tied around your neck uh, than hurt one of these kids, which is obvious verse that I think even a completely secular film would use in discussing that topic of human trafficking with kids. But I I find it interesting that there is an attack on it being a Christian movie. When actually it's not. I mean, it's it's. In fact, it's the the studio that put it out. Uh, they're Mormons, okay, who put that studio out. And I think that a lot of the people who worked on the movie are Christian. But the it is a fascinating thing that it would be attacked, and yet it's made more money than Mission Impossible, which is true. And it's a much more important film, where Mission Impossible is an about an impossible character and an impossible uh, set of events, and maybe fun, maybe not. But but Sound of Freedom. True movie. Movies that are about the scripture or about real events, those are getting popular. And I think because people are looking for truth, they're looking for something tangible. And this is a way to do it. Uh, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, when we come back, something uh, new about a debate that is coming up in the political arena. And uh, we'll talk about that as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. President Trump was arraigned again uh, today to the D.C. charges and pleaded not guilty that he conspired to overturn the election. Uh, with a bunch of people, uh, six co-conspirators or something. The presidential election is going to be just different. That's not even a a good enough word. It's going to be crazy, right? And if it is Donald Trump and Joe Biden, it's going to be a wild time. Trump will be in court. Biden, I've said before, I think he's got some trouble coming uh, with this other stuff. Uh, In fact, uh, Catherine Herridge at CBS, you know, if you're looking for somebody who's really trying to investigate, but she tries to keep a balance and CBS, you know, might be coming from the the left side. But, you know, the transcript and I encourage you to read the Hunter Biden transcript. I encourage you, which got released today. I encourage you to read the uh, the the indictments of Donald Trump. Just read them. 
and it'll give you a uh, perspective of what's happening in the news. She reads everything. If you follow her on the Twitter machine, she's, I think, maybe the one reporter who's really sort of trying to track with this. Uh, here's what she said. If you remember, uh, one congressman said that nothing really was said in that interview, but she contradicts that today. Well, earlier this week, we just had to rely on the characterization from Republicans and Democrats about Devin Archer's testimony, but now we can see the full transcript. Uh, You'll recall that Democrat uh, Congressman Dan Goldman said that Archer testified that it was the illusion of access Hmm. to Joe Biden that Hunter Biden was offering to these clients. But in fact, when you look at the transcript, what you see is that that phrase, illusion of access, is in Dan Goldman's question. Mm. It's actually not what Devin Archer testified to. He says, yes, but that's not quite fair. This was about showing that there was the signal that there's influence and, and access here. See, that's an incredible thing. So if you remember, Dan Goldman came out as a Democrat, came out and said, there was no uh, relationship with uh, Joe Biden. It was just the illusion of access uh, that Devin Archer testified to. Devin Archer was Hunter Biden's associate who testified in private on Monday. Now we find out that actually that phrase, illusion of access, was part of his own question. And it wasn't what he said at all. Uh, those things come out when you read the documents. You find the games that people play. You discover what is being said, what's being left out. Sometimes that happens because of time constraints and things, but other times it's very deliberate. And, uh, you know, both sides will do that in different ways. And what I want you to have is an accurate understanding of what goes on as best as we have. And and then to develop your opinions based on things that are actually said, not just things that maybe you heard somebody say. Uh, 888-528-2557. I don't know if it's going to come down to Trump and Biden and something else that's interesting that's happening. I've told you before, and this is just pure political speculation, but but I'm still on this page, that President Biden is not running for a second term. Uh, Not everybody agrees. Big wave Dave, David James down the hall does not agree with me at all, and uh, we've bet each other a steak dinner on that. But um, I think President Biden at some point, because of age primarily, there could be other reasons with these controversies, but I think it's age ultimately, because he's going to have to say, I'm running for president and I will still be president on January 20th, 2029. Uh, I don't think so. Even the New York Times pointed out the odds of him surviving a second term uh, are, are it's significant that he won't. About 38 percent, he will not survive. Uh, that That's death. That's not even talking about just old guy problems. Anyway, I've got that uh, notion. Uh, I don't know yet what I think uh, Donald Trump will be doing. He's so far ahead in the primary, if he sticks it out, I suppose, uh, unless something happens. Uh, he's going to be the Republican nominee, probably. But if it's not Joe Biden, who's it going to be? And there's an entirely separate uh, campaign that's being run by uh, Governor Newsom, our own California Governor Newsom, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And a couple of months ago, if you remember, uh, Gavin Newsom went on Sean Hannity on Fox News, um, and uh, good for him for going on that show. I can't stand it when people won't go on the other network, you know, wherever it is that they're not in agreement. You know, I think everybody knows which side, which news network is on the left and right. But I think that people running for president in particular, 
they need to go to where every, everybody is because you need to be running as president of the whole country. Anyway, Sean Hannity asked Gavin Newsom if he would be interested in a debate on that program with Ron DeSantis. I, I, I'm all in. Count on you, it. You would do a two-hour debate with Ron DeSantis. I'd make it three. Three-hour um, debate with Yeah, make so it. I hear I mean, four. And, and you mean do four, it with one-day notice with no notes. I look forward to that. One day notice with no notes. I take offense at our policies and strategies. Well, he didn't say that part in that interview, but he said, yeah, I'll debate him. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm just I'm just talking about the politics of it. Officially, Gavin Newsom's not running for president, officially. Uh, there are many groups now that are suggesting that he is. You know, he has a website, democracy, you know, defense of democracy or something. And it, But it's a presidential website. It looks like he's running for president. He's raising money with political action committees for what? He's termed out. This is his last term as governor. He is going coast to coast and meeting with people, raising money for himself. He's running for president. And if he's not running this time, he's definitely running in 2028 and he's getting a head start. I think he's running and I think it's because he thinks that either Biden will drop out sometime this fall and he'll have to get in the primaries. And he's smart, smart to get out there and campaign as if he's running for president and raise money. Well, that's good thinking, you know, politically anyway. I think that's what he's doing. And that way, the day that that Biden says I'm not running, boom, he's in. Why in the world would you, if you're Ron DeSantis, who is running for president, who's struggling so far, and it's so early, it's, I, Ron DeSantis, being that he's, other than Trump, he's probably the, the other person who would be ahead, right? There was no reason for him to get in that early, I think. I don't know why he did that. Why would he debate Gavin Newsom, who is officially not running for president? Uh, I think it's because... If Donald Trump is not the nominee for the Republicans, then there's a real good chances DeSantis could be any of the other ones. And this debate, if it happens, would be a preview of the presidential race. So Ron DeSantis went on Sean Hannity's show on Fox and uh, was asked the same question. Would you debate Gavin Newsom on this program? Absolutely. I'm game. Let's get it done. Just tell me when and where. We'll do it. And here's the thing, Sean. I mean, in, in one respect... The, um, the debate between California and Florida, you know, has already been had, as you suggest. People have been voting on that. They've been voting on it with their feet. They have fled California in record numbers. Florida has been the number one state for net in-migration. We have the number one ranked economy, number one now in education, crime rate at a 50-year low. But in another sense, this is the debate for the future of our country. Because you have people like Joe Biden, they would love to see the Californication of the United States. Biden may not even be the nominee. You could have Gavin Newsom. You could have Kamala Harris. And I think if we go down that direction, that's going to accelerate American decline. We can't see America decline anymore. We need to reverse American decline. So Ron DeSantis is already in for this debate. So I think it's going to happen. I don't know if I were advising Ron DeSantis, who's actually running for president, to do it or not, but maybe it doesn't hurt. Uh, do you have any thoughts about this? I know it's like in the weeds political wonkiness we're talking about here. Okay, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I enjoy the 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 part of politics that is strategic and behind the scenes. I've had some opportunity to work with some candidates, you know, behind the scenes. You need to develop the mailers and what you're going to say or how you're going to respond to things and and, uh, you know, that part is kind of interesting, I think, in the game of it. The the trouble, I think, today is that 
it becomes too much of a game instead of real life, right? Where we treat Washington, D.C. like Hollywood, but it's not. It's real life. And there might be a lot of actors out there uh, acting a certain part to play in all of the politics, but the decisions they make actually affect our life. So it matters. It matters greatly. I don't know. I think uh, I I think there's going to be a some. It's just going to be a wild fall uh, with all of that. By fall, I mean the autumn. You know, uh, there might be people fall. I mean, it could be that DeSantis just out. He could be. Uh, it's not. People are comparing him to uh, other candidates who people thought were going to win and then who didn't. But Trump has always been in the lead in every poll, really, since uh, except they were tied, you know, last December or something. But uh, Donald Trump said today that he's one one indictment away from clinching the nomination, which I thought is kind of funny, actually. Uh, that might be the truth uh, in the way people respond uh, to that. Uh, 888-528-2557. Um, you know, I think that what I hope comes out of it if they debate is the philosophies of government government that are different. You know, if those two end up the candidates, then you're going to have a lively debate that might be about the difference between the way Gavin Newsom handled the COVID versus the way Ron DeSantis handled the COVID versus the way Gavin Newsom handles homelessness versus Florida's version of that. Uh, And, you know, I think that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see not only how those two guys handle it with each other. And I do think in their mind they're seeing it possible that they are the candidates um, certainly possible. Um, that needs to get, I think, flushed out. I would look, I would look forward to that, uh, if for nothing else, the entertainment value of it, but the, the seriousness of the different directions a country's, our country's going to go. And I think it, it matters, uh, a lot. Um, whatever happens, it might be true in California. Obviously we got a lot of problems and Florida's got its problems in a different way. We're going to have to wait and see, uh, what all of that is. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about it? 888-528-2557 is the number. I'm going to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back with your phone calls as the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Somebody just called and couldn't stay on during the break. Uh, We were talking about, you know, the DeSantis and Gavin Newsom debate that's coming up, whether or not that might be the future, uh, our future presidential candidates. Some people speculate that it is, but that's just speculation. This person wanted to know if uh, Michelle Obama might be getting ready to run. People are saying that. Personally, I don't think so. I don't think she is. Uh, my impression is that she was very happy to be done with those eight years personally, just to get out of that life and, and all of that. But you never know, you know, what's, uh, what kinds of pressures might happen if, if President Biden is not the person he decides, uh, you know what, uh, I'm not going to run. You know, who knows? But I think that there are some people lining up just in case he says that. 888-528-2557. David in Culver City, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, Pastor Scott, I hate to keep calling you uh, and becoming <laughs> right. a nudnik. But, you know, I read both the indictment, which is very clear. 
poorly worded. I'm not a lawyer. And I read the report from the Comer uh, Jordan fiasco. Did you read the uh, the you Did say, you read the transcripts yeah. that were released today? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. All right. What'd and you get out of that? I think. Well, what I got out of it is that represent the representative that said there was an illusion of access was correct in characterizing twenty phone calls made over ten years. It did not mention Barisma. Did not mention anything about the business deals Hunter Biden was engaged in. Casual option. I agree. That's the illusion of access. Secondly, there was no mention. In fact, there was a negation of the fact that Shokin, that Biden had anything to do with Shokin not being the prosecutor in Ukraine. Thirdly, there was no mention of Zolchevsky giving money to Biden. So I'm going to. I'm going to, I'm willing, I, you're a pastor, I'm not sure you'll make a wager, but I am willing to wager you $100, I'll give it to the charity of your choice, you give it to the charity of my choice, that Biden will not be indicted for any crime. Well, let's see. How about see. that as a wager? Pastor? Tell you what, let me, uh, let, me, let me think about that in all seriousness. I probably won't wager you dollars, yeah. but I'll wager you a meal or something that we can donate, or maybe a donation to the Union Gospel Rescue uh, Mission. Uh, that's fine. I'm happy to do it. I'll even up the wager to $250. Okay? <laughs> well, I might have to, you know, check with uh, my wallet. But you know what? I okay. might be with you on that. I don't know that I would he say said, the indictment because I don't know that he'll get indicted. I'm thinking well, he could that, get impeached. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I think he might get impeached. I don't think he'll be removed from office unless, and this hasn't come out, unless there is something that says because of whatever access, illusion of access, they're obviously they think there's some access. They talked about the, you know, they're not paying Hunter Biden millions of dollars for nothing. But those those things aren't illegal necessarily, right? Unless you can, unless they show that President Biden or while he was vice president influenced a decision to be made that's different than the decision that would have otherwise been made because of payments to his family. If they can show that, then I think there is a very serious case here. If they don't show that, then I don't think there's going to be much. Would you agree with that? I will agree that so far all you've presented is anecdotes, no evidence. So we'll see an impeachment and indictment. Impeachment, though, in our so you would go for it. You would go for impeachment. You would go for impeachment. Not indictment. No, not at all. No, indictment by the courts. I know Congress, everything they do is political, so the impeachment is just going to be political. You're right. I mean, they can Comer impeach him for anything. Comer right. and Jordan weren't even there for the whole thing. Well, I'm not, not going to you know, disagree with you on whether or not he would get indicted. I don't see that coming uh, for President Biden. Well, you're, you're making it seem like Trump's indictment is equivalent to what the Biden hearing showed, and there was no equivalence at all. I think it's a different scenario, I mean, really, and it's four years down the line from where the Biden is, Biden situation is. And, I, you know, I, if I, Biden I, gets I, reelected for some reason, uh, if he does stay in, uh, you know, let's see where he is at this point in 2025 then, or 26 with this story. Can I make one other quick comment? Okay, quick comment. You know, a quick comment. Believe it or not, I would consider voting for Pence if Pence were the nominee. Uh-huh. And to me, this is an inc- incredible that evangelical Christians have turned on Pence. I mean, Pence is the most godly man that's ever run for office in recent times. Well, I don't know and that all Christians. Governor. I think, you know, in, in defense of Christians, most I think that... Christians. No, most. I don't. I don't think that's most. true. 
I think that most Christians, I think that what happens in the media is that a lot of uh, a lot of stuff gets pumped up that isn't really there um, to, well, to make I, a point. No, that, I said you know, evangelical. I said evangelical Christian. I know, and there's there's Christians. millions of those people who have well, all different reasons for why they support one person or another. Eighty percent of them support Trump. Uh, Pastor Scott. But that doesn't mean that they've no decided they don't like uh, Mike Pence. They absolutely They just have. might think he's, where, he's more reading. boring or they don't they, think he's going to do what he says he might do. They, he's anti-Trump. That's what the objection is. I, I'm not on that page for uh, most Christians. I think it's a lot more complicated than that. David, thank you for your call. Hey, this, the number is 888-528-2557. You know, I do think that you know, on that point, as Christians, we, if we're going to share who we're voting for and why, you know, we need to be able to articulate those reasons why. And I think it's hard today when you, you don't have candidates most of the time who are stellar in character or in uh, policymaking. And, you know, I worry about that in general uh, about things. And, uh, I mean, you might think the person you support is stellar in those areas, but uh, the character one is harder, I think, to make the case for uh, these days. And I do think it matters. When, whenever Bill Clinton was running for president, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush thought that Americans would not vote for him because of his reputation for uh, having affairs. And he was wrong about that. Now, he didn't anticipate Ross Perot, and I think Ross Perot is ultimately the reason why he was a third-party candidate who got 19% of the vote in 1992. That's really why he lost, probably. Uh, but, you know, Americans tend to vote with their wallet if you just want to be serious about it. And somebody, you know, if you remember the politics, I know we're getting into the weeds of a lot of politics today, just in the, the background of stuff, but if you, in that campaign, one of the slogans was, it's the economy, stupid, which was kind of picked up by the Clinton people. But actually, it was said by a Republican in a rally for George H.W. Bush, where George Bush came out and there was a recession. It wasn't that bad of a recession, but it was a recession. It was bad if you'd lost your job. It's bad for you. And he said something like, uh, we're not quite sure what the issues are going to be in this campaign. And somebody shouted, it's the economy, stupid. And uh, it was. That was the reason. That was the big deal in that election. Uh, I think people tend to um, have a lot of things on their mind when they vote one way or the other. And it's not just we're, you know, we're really in support of this person or we like everything about this person or we don't like everything about that person. I think that it's there's an awful lot of nuance, but I think it needs to be well thought out. You know, I think for Christians, the fact that uh, there's a lot of criticism for Christians because of their support of Donald Trump or their support of other people who have had character issues or or sometimes and, and both sides do this. You you should ask yourself if these things were reversed, if if Trump were president now and his son was getting paid millions of dollars from China and Russia and Ukraine, you know, would you feel the same way you do about it with Biden as president? You know, whichever side you're on on the politics or if Trump were being if Trump was a Democratic president, would you feel the same way that you feel either way? Would you feel like he's definitely guilty of the things he's being charged with or would you feel like it's all a political thing? You know, that I think is the exercise we all should do because we want to be consistent with what we say, you know, and I think it matters because and I talked about this a bit yesterday that the future 
everything that we decide now, the way we handle things now, the you know, a big reason why these cases with Donald Trump are very important is because it's going to set some kind of precedent for future presidents that may not do exactly the same things, but it's going to, you know, if Donald Trump is convicted and it stands with the January 6th, uh, the Washington, D.C. conviction or uh, uh, charges, you know, it's going to say something to future presidents that says, I got to be careful about when I speak my mind about something that may not be popular or may not be right or may not be what I was advised by the majority of my advisors, right? And you don't want to put people, presidents in that position. Uh, obviously a much more minor situation, but Ronald Reagan was told by all of his advisors, don't call Russia the evil empire and don't go to Germany and say, uh, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. They told him not to say it. And what a tragedy if he decided not to say it, if he decided to take their advice. Obviously, that's not a criminal or non-criminal situation, but there needs to be – so it's not really comparative. I don't mean to be saying that, but presidents do need the ability to do what they think is right, even at the possibility that what they're doing is wrong. Does that make sense? And that's that's something that will be decided here. Whatever happens with the Biden stuff, there's going to have to be some kind of – discussion about what does the president's family do with jobs, particularly if they're being influenced by companies or governments that are our adversaries or any other government. What do we do with the families of presidents? What do we do with those kinds of relationships? What is the right thing in law or ethics for our country? And these cases, these hearings, all of this stuff leads somewhere. And it's important that we get it right. Otherwise, we just add to the potential of more and more corruption or the acceptance of corruption. That's the uh, that's kind of the banana republic thing people are worried about. You know, do the Republicans uh, make charges against whoever the Democratic nominee is in 2028? And then if the Democrats win, do they charge the next Republican nominee with stuff? You know, it's those things are serious that go beyond Donald Trump or the specifics Um, Or are these things serious enough where you send the message, you know, this is as far as you can go, right? All of that matters with all of that. For Christians, you know, I think it is important that we're consistent even with the things that we say as best that we can with with politics, even if it's murky and it is murky and inconsistent, that we listen, that we try to be consistent with our faith and that we are very – um, clear that maybe somebody we support or an idea we support has got problems. Uh, there's nobody perfect. Um, what are the issues that matter the most? You know, what are the issues, if you've got two candidates you don't like, how do you vote? Do you vote for third party or do you not vote? Or do you pick the one that you think is the least offensive? Um, people probably have different opinions about that. You know, there's a lot of hope out there. And when we come back, we're going to have a pastor from a church in Seattle who's got a great story of hope, a great story of how God has redeemed him, given him grace, and why you should not give up on people in your life who are struggling in one way or another. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back with Hour 2 in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.